Hey, I'm Gretchen Bridgers of the Always a Lessons Empowering Educators podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Reimagined Schools podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. I'm your host, Greg Goins, and in this episode, we have not one, but two great educators who will join me as Dr. Christy Custer, a principal of the year in the state of Kansas, and Michael Russell, an award-winning teacher, join me to reflect on their exciting journey at Complete High School near Wichita, Kansas, one of the nation's first schools to implement a video game-based curriculum, and school-sponsored eSports team. Dr. Custer, an experienced curriculum writer, and Russell, a longtime gamer himself, proved to be a perfect duo as they collaborated on a free video gaming curriculum guide called Gaming Concepts that's specifically written for K-12 schools to introduce gameplay concepts and lesson plans in the classroom. The Gaming Concepts curriculum guide was written in partnership with the High School Esports League and Microsoft Education and is available at highschoolesportsleague.com. If you've ever thought about starting an esports team in your school, then this episode is for you as we dive into how to get started, what to expect along the way, and we also hit on the added benefits of a gameplay curriculum and esports team that includes greater engagement, a spike in student attendance, and most importantly, increased academic performance for those participating on esports teams. This was a fun conversation as Christy Custer and Michael Russell have made a tremendous impact in the perception of online gaming and esports. So be sure to share out this episode with your friends and colleagues in your school. This was a good one, folks. So kick back and enjoy. The Reimagined Schools podcast begins right now. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Reimagined Schools podcast. We have another great show for you today as we're going to talk about the explosion of esports in K-12 schools with high school principal Dr. Christy Custer and Michael Russell, a teacher, both award-winning educators at Complete High School near Wichita, Kansas. So a big welcome to you both. Thanks for joining me. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. You, This duo right now we're talking to, folks, has done some amazing things, and let me just go through the... The, the highlights here, Complete High School is one of the first in the country to implement a video game-based curriculum. Even more impressive is the fact that the two of you collaborated to write a gaming concepts curriculum guide in partnership with High School Esports League, the largest and longest-running game organization for schools, and you're also in a partnership with Microsoft Education to help schools get started with esports. So uh, you can find that gaming concepts guide at the website highschoolesportsleague.com. So some really cool stuff going on. I know you guys have uh, talked a lot about this. Uh, you do a lot of public speaking. I'm sure you get a lot of phone calls. But, uh, Christy, let's start with you. Uh, what an amazing story. How did all this come about? Well, it actually started about five years ago when I made a fantastic hire, 
And that was a brand spanking new teacher. He, uh, Mike Russell, actually came out of the business world. He was an insurance agent and he went through the teaching program and interviewed with us. And his interview lasted about three hours. And in that interview, I asked him about his passions because at Complete High School Maze, we have teacher passion projects. And what we found is a lot of a lot of schools concentrate on student passion projects, but we found that when teachers are passionate about a project, it's always successful. And he said that kind of shyly, he said, well, I really like video games. And I chuckled a little bit and said, well, then find out a way that we can use those in the classroom. And I don't know if I really gave it another thought, but Mike definitely did. And so um, he came back and to me, oh, within a couple of months and said, are you serious about video games in school? And I said, if you're serious about it. And so uh, he had looked into funding the project and wrote some grants. And that's really where it take, took off. Well, Michael, I have to ask, a three-hour interview, I mean, seriously, were, were you thinking, what in the world am I getting myself into here? Yeah, my uh, my wife actually, I left my phone in the car because I didn't want it to go off while I was in my interview. My wife had called like six times to make sure nothing had happened to me because she was a little concerned. And, and one unique thing about <clears throat> Complete High School is um, in the interview, there are, so it's Christy and Michelle, our assistant principal, and then three students actually interview interview you also. So, and I mean, you're always prepared for the adult questions, but you never know what the kids are going to say. So, uh, luckily for me, uh, we had a pretty strong bond immediately because several of of the kids were gamers. So, we had a lot to talk about. And Christy and Michelle actually leave the room for a time just to see if you can converse with the kids and see if there's a fit there. So, we immediately had a few things to talk about. So, yeah, three hours was a long time, but um, totally worth it. It's been a great, I mean, this last five years has been awesome and I can't imagine being anywhere else so so Michael you've been a gamer for quite some time and uh, it seems like that you know a lot of times that's a negative connotation anything that goes wrong in society we want to blame video games or online play but uh what what was it for you I know a lot of colleges and universities are now offering scholarships for esports what was your big aha moment in putting together your passion for video play and what you can do with the school curriculum well, it really started me before I was even an educator, and and I went to, I've been a, I call myself a Blizzard fanboy, because I played World of Warcraft, and I still play a lot of Blizzard games, Overwatch, and, but in 2011, a buddy of mine and I went to BlizzCon out in Anaheim, and I was out there, and, he, and I was just, like, blown away by, by just the camaraderie and all the people, the different people that were there, different age groups, and they had the esports competitions going on. I thought, man, this is going to be big someday. And a few years later, I transitioned into teaching, and and I thought, man, this. And and I I've kept continuing going to BlizzCon. I've been to six of them, and and every year it just gets better and better. And I keep seeing, and then you know it started to get. I heard about the first college that did it, and then and just really started, man, this is going to be great. And there's so much we could learn. I knew, of course, that there was a lot of things that can be gleaned from video games and. I got tired of hearing all the negative things about video games, so I thought we should do something to to change that connotation of gamers. and And we're not all people who sit in their ba- mom's basement and and aren't productive. I mean, many 
many, many, way more people are productive than they than they are non-productive when it comes to gaming. So I, you, you can definitely have a fruitful life and be a gamer. So. And Christy, the thing you and I have in common is I'm not a gamer at all. And, and I don't think you were much of a gamer until you started this. But you have a teenage son uh, that uh, is big into video games. And you had to be mom of the year when you made the announcement there at school, you're going to have an esports team. He loves this all over the place. He loves this. <laughs> and his friends just think he, he is the, my son is the first one to tell people that I'm all into video games. <laughs> yeah. And and my kids game at all so um i have two daughters and not that they couldn't game they just chose not to so they uh so i'm on the opposite spectrum sweet irony there yep. <laughs> right and, and christy you were named the kansas secondary principal of the year in 2018-19 so you've had a lot of success in a lot of different areas uh when you really kind of embraced this idea and took it to the kids um just kind of walk me through that experience of of how the kids reacted and how that is my guess would be that it truly helped your school culture. Absolutely. I say I'm not a gamer, but I am passionate about kids. And what I have found, so Complete High School Maze, we are actually an alternative school. And we have two regular high schools in our district, one with about 1,200 kids and one with about 1,000. And what we have found with kids who uh, are, are at risk is that if you can get them to school, we can make them successful. We can get them on to the path of success. And so my first inclination that the reason that I really wanted to be involved in it is I could see that if we can just get kids to school, if we could give them a reason to come to school, then they would come and boy, they sure have. So we typically run a pretty good uh, attendance of about 85%. And this class has brought that up to 96% of attendance. Yeah, and I was reading some of the information that's been uh, out there since you guys have, have taken on this journey. Obviously, the spike in attendance is a big part of it, but I was surprised to see things like improved grade point average, uh, kids being more engaged. Um, I also saw uh, one of the articles said that uh, 82% of the kids that are on the eSports team or program did not participate in other extracurricular activities. So you're you're bringing more kids to – this idea of meaningful engagement outside of the classroom. Absolutely. And I think that's another, uh, what I push to administrators that really, you know, give me the eye and, and furrow their, their brow is I say, think of the kids in your school who aren't involved in anything and, and ask them what their interests are. And a lot of those kids, their interests are going to be video games. And, and I'll, I'll come from my experience uh, when I knew that I had to bring this into school was my son was down in the basement, the stereotype, and he was video gaming for like hour three with his, with his friends online. And I went down there and I just, I was furious with him. And he looked up at me and he said, mom, ooh, and it chokes me up a little bit. He said, if I were playing basketball for three hours or reading for three hours or on a band instrument for three hours, would you say this to me? Would, would, is this how you would be? And it dawned on me that every time that he says, this is what my buddies and I like to do. And it dawned on me that every time that I badmouth video games, I am belittling my child. And so I said, I got to figure out a way to make this authentically productive for school that, that I can see and parents can see that there is value in this. And so that's really where my 
personal passion came from. And so those kids on the fringe that, that aren't involved in school, this is something they're passionate about. And then when they start winning and they're on a team and you know other people are starting to respect them, it just heightens their engagement in school, which we all know this about engagement in school and, and school activities. Once you can get a kid engaged in school, everything improves. Michael, were you teaching um, gameplay uh, strategies uh, in your classroom before you guys kind of went all in with the high school uh, eSports league? Yes. Yeah, we were teaching it. So we started our program in 2017, and we were in another league prior to HSEL, but we had started teaching the class and the, and the after, sports pro, after school program before we got involved with HSEL. Uh, and we really – worked with them over the next year and a half and then last year is when we actually ended up writing the curriculum so really really we i had been teaching it kind of just out of my head and didn't really have anything written down other than i mean i knew what i wanted it to look like but uh and then christy of course i mean brought in a lot that you know i hadn't thought about so um but yeah we've been going this is really our third year of implementation but officially with the curriculum that we designed it's been this has been our first full, full year with it so and um, i can't and i can't stress enough folks how good the gaming concepts guy did it was really a, kind of a match made in heaven with with michael's gameplay experiencing and christy your curriculum background and experience to put that together but i mean it, it, you can go to that again at high school com. it's a fantastic resource you'll find surveys that you can give uh, in your school, videos, just a lot of how-tos. But you guys covered a lot of ground in that curriculum guide. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of funny how that that came about. Uh, the high school esports league got wind of us, and so they called us, and we would have meetings with them, and they they were just blown away. They came down and they toured our building, and they were blown away by you know the structure of it, and they kept saying, "Why?" how can we get other schools to do this? How can they, we get other schools to do this? And I said, the problem with other schools doing this is 70 to 80% of high school teachers look like me, middle-aged female, and we don't play a lot of video games. And so, boy, they, that, that was like a light opening for them. And so they harassed us a little bit. And he's like, well, why can you do it? And I said, we can do it because Mike is a gamer. He has content knowledge on this. And so he's just teaching this out of his head. I mean, he, he writes some lesson plans, but he's really teaching it out of his head. And so one day we kind of got tired, or I kind of got tired of them asking the question. And this was in October of last year. And I said, you know what? we'll just write it. We'll just do it. And and Mike and I had actually, we did not intend on writing a curriculum. We looked for curriculum and they're just, there's nothing out there, you know, as far as a textbook. And, and we all know teachers need textbooks. And so we wrote it and uh, the HSCL came down in February and said, we said, we'll have it by then because we knew we had to make the cutoffs as far as enrollment for other schools. And I don't know what they were expecting, but their eyes lit up when they saw what it was, and it's it's just taken off ever since. So kind of walk me through, what, what was the thinking in putting together the curriculum guide? And, and again, it, it's so good. Not only does it deal with the gameplay itself, but, I mean, you guys even get into uh, healthy lifestyle and, and habits and tracking what you're eating. 
just kind of walk me through that if, if both of you could as to what, what was the goal? So I think the, the biggest piece here is we are not teaching video games. We're not teaching how to play video games uh, because the kids already know how to do that. And uh, our, our superintendent actually had the best analogy because I think a lot of times uh, eSports, the sports part of it, uh, deters schools a little bit. Um, we liked, we, he likened it to band. And so, because everybody kept asking us, well, how are they going to use this? You know, are they going to go all be professional video game players? And he said, well, I get it. He said, you know, band kids, they're not going to go on and play the trumpet professionally forever. And that was like a light that shined on us. And we went, thank goodness for a good analogy there. And so band students, we know they're engaged in school, team, the team concept. But when they're in high school, especially, the band teacher is not teaching kids how to play the instrument. The band teacher is coordinating all of the events that happen, the teamwork, the let's go to a contest, let's refine, let's make this perfect. And that's, that's really what this curriculum is all about, is not teaching how to play video games, but all of the things about video games that people aren't thinking of that are fantastic. The, the teamwork element, the communication element. When you sit and watch kids play, it's a pretty intricate, uh, dance that mm -hmm. they do, especially when they're doing a, a team uh, activity, a, a team game. And so Mike and I, when we got together, he really came from a gamer standpoint because authenticity, we had to have the authenticity because kids know when you're lying to them. And so he came from that uh, standpoint. And then I just knew if this was going to, to go with teachers and administrators, you know, we had to have the schoolie in there and so uh we tried to address and then we came we came at it as parents you know what are my concerns as parents and what has mike seen and heard online and so that's where the toxicity is so important and then we hear over and over about you know they're just sitting downstairs you know in your basement doing nothing and so that's where all of the uh health and nutrition and exercise and sleep and then that third element is can you make a career out of this and I think, you know, everyone makes fun and says, you know, are you going to be a professional gamer? Get on, and, and we say, because yeah. of Mike, we say get on Blizzard's website and go to careers. There are hundreds and hundreds of jobs, lawyers, marketing people, accountants. You know, there are more jobs in video games than just video games. Yeah, and I think that's well said. And, you know, I'm an old basketball coach, a high school basketball coach. I'm sitting here thinking, you know, when I coached my basketball team, we would have practice. Uh, we would run specific plays if we want to score in crucial, crucial situations. We get on the bus. We travel to other schools. It, it may be a silly question, Michael, but how is being a coach of an esports team any different than that? I I, you know, I liken it to something like Quiz Bowl or Scholar Bowl. Do you go to other schools and have esports competition, or is this something everyone does online from from their home? Well, we so when HSEL during in their league, we compete online. So we've competed against schools from Indiana, Illinois, Texas, Oklahoma, you name it. So um, as the league has gotten bigger, larger, we've actually started to play teams that are much closer. Uh, one here and actually really close, like 10 miles away. And we did not play them in person this time, but I think at some point in the future we will. Uh, we have done live events where uh, actually they're having an event this week 
this weekend where they've been, uh, uh, Midwest Esports has invited several high school teams, any high school team that wants to come to participate and will be participating in that. So uh, the, I, I like the fact, you know, for schools, it's really nice because the expense of it is very, you know, it's minimal. not, it's very minimal to get it to, to maintain it once you get it started. And if you have computers, it really isn't even expensive to start. Uh, you just have your league fees basically. But so it's really nice to have the ability to, to play every Monday at five o'clock and play teams from across the nation. Cause I think that's good exposure, but at those live events are really, the kids love to be up on stage and they love to compete against the other team. And there's so much, and it's not even, there's so much camaraderie just between the teams because they'll get together afterwards and chit chat and like, Oh man, you were so great on Zenyatta today. And, and, and I didn't even see that coming. You guys had a great strap for that. So it's not even, I mean, it's competition and there's obviously a winner, but it's such a great community that they're, they're all learning from each other at this point. So having those live events is important too. So I like, I like having meets, I like having as many meets as possible and, but having the live events is, is important as well. So it, it, it's a good mix. So. Well, and now I want to kind of dive into the fun stuff. And Michael, as the gaming expert, I'll go to you for this. Again, I don't know a lot about gaming. When I think about online gaming, I think of stuff like Madden football. That's probably as advanced as I get. But I was looking at the at the website, the um, uh, the high school esports league website, and there are so many games to choose from. Can you just kind of walk us through the variety of games that are there, and and maybe what's most popular? Uh. Yeah, there's a lot of there. There are a lot of choices. Um, we we tend to stick. I mean, there's there's a lot of FPS, first person shooter, uh, which we we do participate in one of those. Overwatch, which is rated T for teen, and that's why we chose that one. Um, there are some other ones that that for our district are not are not a good fit, but a lot of kids play them competitively. And then there's also uh, they have League of Legends, obviously, which is a huge one that they're going to come back to. Uh, Rocket League is very big, particularly in the middle school arena. We're finding um, schools are having some difficulty getting through the process of getting approval to get a gaming program started. And some of that's due to the, the first-person shooter violence or, or, or just the expense of it. And Rocket League can be done. Uh, it's a very nice game. It's basically soccer and 3v3. And it's a really nice game for, for especially middle schools to get, at least get learn, get into the mode of playing and working as a team. And it's a small team, so it, it works out really well. But I know schools, middle schools have, you know, they'll have seven or eight teams in one school. So it's really nice. Um, and for the non-gamers, 3v3 is three <laughs> players versus three players. Oh, sorry. <laughs> good, good to know. Sorry. sorry. It's always good to have a translator there, Michael. Yes, That's why welcome. you need both of us, because I, <laughs> I forget sometimes. So, um, so now the game we particularly are involved with is Overwatch, and it's a six-person versus six-person match, um, and and we compete. Like I said, it's on Monday nights, but it's I mean it's a very popular Blizzard game that's paid. I believe the team that won at BlizzCon this year won five hundred thousand uh, dollars. Wow! Right back and, into the school budget, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's, uh, you know, there are, there is prize money and that's something and not, to, I won't get too deep into that, but that's something that colleges are, 
are kind of struggling with is like, well, do the kids keep the money? Does the money go here? So that's, that's a whole other podcast, but, uh, and not, not one I'm, I'm familiar with, but I can't really speak intelligently on because I don't know the ins and outs of all that. But, um, but yeah, there's, they are now super smash brothers is really popular, which is a console game. So uh, we don't do a lot of console gaming at complete. We do mostly PC personal computer. And your console um, games are going to be your Xboxes and yeah, your Nintendo and, Switch, your PlayStation 4s, and that's typically what you play like Madden on, and and your and your uh, your NBA and sports games are typically Rocket League can be played on console, and most kids actually do like to play it on console better um, because they use their controller. Even the kids who play Rocket League on PC use a controller, not the keyboard and mouse. So. And, you know, I would think one of the great benefits of having an eSports team is you can have a lot of kids on the team. It's not like golf or maybe you only have a handful of kids. How many kids could you manage on an eSports team? Well, I mean, really, basically, so this year is my first year of I've kind of taken more of an administrator role in it. Now we actually have a student coach of our Overwatch team. So we have a student who's very interested in going into that field. So he has actually been running the Overwatch team. So using that kind of model, really, you could you you could have, you know, as many teams as you can find coaches for that are that, that want to step up and do it. So, um, but I, I know schools have, you know, six, seven Overwatch teams, a couple of League of Legends teams. They'll have Rocket League teams. There's Hearthstone, which is a single player game that that kids can sign up and do on their own, and it's a competitive scene. So, yeah, I mean, really. There's really no limit on on how many teams you could have. No, there's the only limit would be if you wanted to limit it yourself, or your limit is how many kids want to do it, basically. And especially because you're not limited by how many practice fields or how many gyms you have, mm -hmm. so that the team can get on and they practice online, so they don't have to have they don't necessarily have to be at school to practice. And, and, you know, Christy, when I hear that uh, you have a student coach as a longtime school administrator myself, I mean, that just warms my heart. And think about the opportunities that presents, not only playing and participating, but leading that group of peers uh, through that process. I mean, that has to be something that, that makes you smile. Absolutely. I, I just can't. I, I've said this before, and, and people can say I'm, I'm over-exaggerating, but I've been in education for about 25 years. And I have never seen something where kids were so engaged and so excited for, and I'm in alternative ed than this. I mean, they are just crazy for it. And the other thing is, now, in the future, you might have to have a lot of skill from a, an early age. But you know how it's in, in your sports right now, if you don't start football when you're six or seven or eight years old, I mean, there's those, there's, there's those kids that are fantastic no matter what, but if you don't start from a pretty young age, then it's really hard to get in and, and be able to compete and be competitive at it. Where this, Mike's had kids that have never played before and they've walked in and they pick they can pick it up so fast. And here they can be part of this team and they're, they're being competitive and so there's that competitive spirit, there's that engagement, pretty darn quick. Now, like I said, that may change in the future where yeah, and it, it's already changing. Mm -hmm. But right now, kids can get involved in it. Have, having never played on PC or never even played a console, they can get involved in it and, and be competitive 
fairly quickly. And, and a big part of that success too is the mentorship that comes from the kids who are playing. They're, this community is so eager to share and help them get better because ultimately if, if the person who's new gets better, they're all better. So uh, they're really happy to share strategies and, and work and spend extra time and work on, you know, your DPI and how fast you can move your mouse and and focus and strategies and, you know, running around and how you're going to use your ult most efficiently, your ultimate ability, sorry, <laughs> is most efficiently and how to work, how to combo those things together. I mean, it's, it's really amazing to watch them really figure all this stuff out and they, they are, are happy. And I don't think this is just our kids. This is pretty community wide. They're eager to help and show others how to be successful. And, and, you know, we spend a lot of time, and we should, talking about the four C's and, you know, the, the communication, the collaboration, the critical thinking, the creativity. And I want to get uh, both of you to weigh in on this. But, you know, we spend time talking about the four C's, but you really have it embedded here in the gameplay and just kind of talk about the value in, in, in eSports for those four C's. Well, I think uh... – Anytime, so project based, it's project based learning at its best right here. And it's embedded and it's authentic. And so I think a lot of times with, with project based learning and, and trying to get authentic learning, it's still contrived. And this is really project based learning, you know, at its best, authentic. The kids are already doing this and they just needed some guidance to, for them to understand okay, when we are communicating back and forth about our strategy, you know, that is, that's collaboration. So it's using, you know, like you said, the four C's, it's using that vocabulary and making the kids aware of it. Because prior to bringing it into school, the kids weren't even aware that they had a community. They weren't aware that they were collaborating. They weren't aware that they were coming, they were being very creative when they come up with these unbelievable Mike, help me. Here's here's where I here's where I back myself into a corner. Strategies. Strategies, <laughs> and that that we overtook the point or yeah. whatever it is on Overwatch. Yeah. But now they're starting to use that vocabulary, and they're starting to understand this isn't something that's down in the basement and that we have to hide from. We are learning while we're doing this, and all those leadership roles. You know, we we have the student coach. But they also, they have to communicate with the other team so that they show up on time. Mm. I mean, it's just so many, so many, other than the four C's, so many just life skills, showing up on time and being responsible. You have to be at school on time. You have to, you know, where are we going to meet? Are we going to, are we going to meet at the school and play? Or are we going to meet online and play? It's just so authentic. Yeah. And we, one other thing, one really excellent character trait that we've, really started to develop and one that was lacking or, or one of the most sought after traits by employers in Kansas was perseverance. And we really started to see, and this isn't something we intended to, to set out to see, but we've started to see our kids really, you know, we, they'll go into a video game and they will fail and fail and fail and fail until they finally get it right. And, and part of perseverance is failing. You're going to have to fail to, to even get perseverance and, and, and I mean, I've had, we've introduced new games in, in class and the first day kids are like, I'm never going to be able to do this. I can't do it. And two weeks later, they're over there showing me how they figured out the next level and how they got this far. And, and if we hadn't allowed them to do that, I mean, just, just having that one moment of success 
might change the way they even attend school and how they perceive life after that. I mean, it really is a changer for a lot of these kids. Once they get that one thing, they feel like they can do other things. So, Well, I, it's such a great conversation, and I'm so thankful for you both uh, for coming on and talking about it a little bit. Folks, again, you want to find the Gaming Concepts Guide. It's a free resource. It's fantastic. Go to the website, highschoolesportsleague.com. And before I let you go, I, I want to let both of you have a closing thought. We have a lot of superintendents, principals, teachers, obviously, that listen to the podcast. You know, They're driving down the road thinking, hey, I, I want to get started and try this. What advice do you have for those folks in uh, just diving in and taking the plunge? And Michael, we'll start with you, and then we'll let uh, uh, Christy bring it home for us. Um, I would definitely say – don't be don't be scared of the cost and and I mean most most schools are going to have their computers that will run these games and I wouldn't be afraid of that and just look at your look at where your students are I mean look at you know look at and and not necessarily it's all catered to this to the your students who aren't attending school but it really does help those kids if you're looking a way to gain engage kids who are not engaged in school right now this is a great tool to use to get them engaged and 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 help help your school become a better school and, and get all the kids included and be in a good group together. And I think from an administrative standpoint, one of the barriers is, and, and Mike said it uh, on an education podcast, whenever you start talking about first person shooter games, you know, there's going to be some red flags go up. And so we've had a lot of conversations about uh, Overwatch in particular, um, you know, a lot of the games are, are, are people shooting. And I like to say, I like to liken it to Star Wars, and it just happens to be timely because it's coming out in December, but there are very few parents that have reservations about taking their kids to see Star Wars. And it's not really the guns in the video games, I think, that have people so, so upset. It's the gore and the realism. And so uh, there are a lot of video games like Overwatch where it's like Star Wars. It's, it's obviously pretend it's, you know, you don't shoot and, and people blow up or, or arms come off. Um, and so that, those aren't the types of games that we're talking about playing in school. We're talking about, you know, the, the fantasy games, the obviously pretend games, and we're not playing Halo, it, it, great game, my son loves it and kids will love it, but those are not typically the games that they're playing in schools. And so I think that if you can just approach it from a very honest and open dialogue and, and immediately get parents involved in, in that aspect of it and say, we're not trying to teach your kids about video games and other administrators, there is some real learning going on here. We have had very little pushback, if, if any pushback. Mm -hmm because we were just very open and upfront about what we were doing. Well, that's very well said, and, and I think you guys are doing amazing things, and kudos to you and your school for, uh, you know, being trailblazers in this eSports world for K-12 education. So, again, thanks to Christy Custer and Michael Russell there at Complete High School in Kansas for their time today. Folks, this is one you're going to want to go back and listen to a couple times, take a few notes and uh, dive in and see if esports is going to be a good fit in your school. So as we wrap it up, as we always conclude, do what you can in your school and community to always create better schools for kids. 
Thank you for listening to the Reimagined Schools podcast with Dr. Greg Goins. Be sure to continue the conversation on social media with the Reimagined Schools hashtag and subscribe to the podcast at reimaginedschools.net. You can also help support this podcast by clicking on the listener support link and making a small monthly contribution. Contact Dr. Greg Goins today to invite him to speak or present at your next education conference or professional development day. Please send inquiries to drgreggoins at gmail.com or on Twitter at drgreggoins.